No matter where we are in our lives, no matter how far we are into a journey, we get to choose, we get to decide, and we get to change. But choosing, deciding, and changing often requires us to make decisions about our lives that are really hard, are really uncomfortable, are really painful, but we get to change our life. Hello, and welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm your host, Regina Lawrence. I am a former trial attorney turned entrepreneur, breathwork and sound meditation practitioner, as well as the owner of a boutique social media marketing agency called All The Things Social. I believe that as human beings, we get to be all of the things. Brilliant, soulful, sexual, wildly inappropriate. We don't have to live in the boxes society tries to put us in. We get to be all of the things. On this show, you'll hear from some of my favorite humans and friends in a variety of spaces, including spirituality, business and branding, holistic health, sexuality, and neuroscience. This is a space for truly candid, soulful conversations with the goal of empowering you to be all of the things. Let's dive in. What if the secret to finding more peace, more clarity, more patience in your life came from the power of your own breath? What if you could scale the success that you're having in life and do it all with a calm nervous system? Something that most people don't know is that our breath is one of the main factors that has a control over our nervous system. Think about it when you're stressed or anxious. What is the first thing that we as humans tend to do? We hold our breath and we stop breathing. That is exactly why I created breathewithregina.com. Breathe with Regina is a virtual breathwork membership that offers two live virtual breathwork classes a month that you can do from anywhere in the privacy of your own home and drop in and learn how to really use the breath as a way to calm the nervous system. I like to say that breath is meditation for the person who can't meditate. I know that I have always been that person and breathwork has been the key for me. Go to breathewithregina.com and check it out. I'm offering $1 for the first two weeks of membership. That's right, only a dollar to check it out. And if after two weeks you don't see a difference or you're not interested, you can cancel at any time. So go to breathewithregina.com, sign up, and join me for a class. I would love to see you there. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. I'm your host, Regina Lawrence. And today is a bulk podcast recording day. There's so many things I have wanted to talk about. So today is the day that we're going to get into it. One of the things that has been coming up lately with people I'm meeting, people that are listening to the podcast is it's always very surprising slash confusing to people that I am a lawyer that doesn't practice anymore. And so... I wanted to share my story, a little bit of my background about why I became a lawyer, what that experience was like, and why I ultimately left practice as a lawyer. One of the big lessons that has come for me from going to law school, becoming a lawyer, and then ultimately leaving practice is that no matter where we are in our lives, no matter how far we are into a journey, 
we get to choose, we get to decide, and we get to change. But choosing, deciding, and changing often requires us to make decisions about our lives that are really hard, are really uncomfortable, are really painful, but we get to change our life. And I think a lot of times in life we make decisions, whether it be to go to school and become something, we work for a company for a long time, we're in a relationship or a marriage for years and years, and we put in so much time into that relationship that we feel like, well, I've already been doing it for 10 years. I've already been in this relationship for seven years. You know, am I just going to waste that time? And I think that mindset, like, am I going to waste that time or that that time was wasted because I don't want to do that thing anymore is what often keeps us in the thing that we don't want to do anymore. And I want to invite you to think about the idea that nothing is ever wasted time. We're never wasting time. Everything, every moment, every experience, every human connection is a moment for growth, is a moment for reflection, is a time that we, maybe there's a lesson to be learned from the relationships and the experiences. And so I'm going to share with you guys a little bit of my story of becoming a lawyer and leaving practice. But a question I get asked a lot is like, wasn't that such a waste? Like you spent so much money on law school and so much time and energy investing in a career that you don't do anymore. And my response to that, and I say this from the, a complete place of truth, I really mean this. I'm not just saying this because I'm trying to be like an optimist. I'm not an optimist. Like I consider myself a realist. That time served me. That education formed my brain in a way that I would not think and operate in my business as an entrepreneur if I hadn't gone to law school, practiced law, had terrible, had a really terrible boss at the end of my experience of practicing law, which I'll share about. Um, it all served me. It all happened for me. I actively chose like each step of the way. And I'm also really happy and really proud of myself that I don't do that anymore. And that that was like a past lifetime in this lifetime. So I went to law school very much on a whim. I am not somebody who grew up and thought to myself, I want to be a lawyer when I grow up. Like that wasn't me. I actually had the mindset that things like being a lawyer, being a doctor, that type of profession, like I didn't think I was smart enough for that, which is interesting to reflect on now. Um, I had the mindset of like, oh, like I'll be a stay-at-home mom and have babies or I'll be an English teacher or maybe I'll be a, a pianist or an artist. I'm a classically trained pianist and I studied a lot of art. I, I have always loved the arts. I love reading. I love writing, which is why I was drawn to being an English teacher. Um, I thought I wanted to get married and have babies from a young age. Also, all of these things are good, good things. It's just, I ultimately didn't end up choosing those things. Um, but those were the, I thought that was the desire of my heart to do those things. And so another thing is that, which is a pivotal part of the story, is that I grew up in a family that was riddled with addiction from immediate family to extended family. Addiction was very much a part of the world that I grew up in. 
my response to that was I have to be the fixer. I have to be better. I have to have a different life than the life that I came from. In my family, I have four sisters. All of my sisters got married really young and started making babies. And I just knew I wanted something different. Not that there's anything wrong with the life that they chose, but I knew I wanted something different. I also had an experience. My parents separated when I was 13. My dad left my mom and when my, and they had been married for 25 years when he left and something that happened when my dad left, when I was so young, my mom was obviously devastated. And I remember seeing her with nothing like my dad took care of us financially and everything, but she had no career. She got married at 17, started having babies right away. And I remember witnessing her in her pain. And I remember saying to myself, I will never allow someone to hurt me the way that this woman was hurt. I will never rely on a man, a husband, a partner the way that she has, because look how it turned out. She doesn't have anything. And that was my thought at 13 years old. But that thought and that feeling was a lived real experience in my body. And that pushed me when I think back to pursue life in a different way and pursue education in a different way. And so I went to college and I had a gap year between college and when I went to law school. And I was living with a family who I nannied for, who became my second family. They became like my mom and dad slash my sister and brother. And they were just a pivotal part of me on the journey that I am on now in my life because they poured such greatness into me and poured so much love into me and were so affirming and encouraging. And I was going to go get my master's in journalism. And the husband, his name's Duke, was like, Reg, like, there's no guarantee you're going to make money in journalism. Like, can you get, you're going to pay so much money for this advanced degree. Can you get an agree, a degree where like, we know you're going to make some money? And I was like, okay, interesting. So I started looking into the different, I wanted to go into political journalism. I started researching like the different female political journalists who I was so impressed by. And the thing I kept noticing is that everybody had law degrees. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe I should go to law school. Me saying I was going to law school was like Elwood saying she wanted to go to Harvard. Like, I'd never talked about it my whole life. It was literally out of left field. And so this was in the summer. This was in like May or June, 2009. And I decided that I wanted to start to research law schools. I was going to take the LSATs in the fall. Um, I was just going to start to like set myself up for success so that I could go to law school in 2010. Summer 2009, I'm starting to inquire at different law schools and Rutgers in New Jersey I reached out to them. I was living in New Jersey at the time and just reached out for information about their program. Their response was, hey, send us your college GPA and send us your GRE scores. We're running a pilot program and you might be a good fit. 
So I sent them all my stuff, not even thinking about it, honestly. And in July, I got a letter from Rutgers inviting me into their fall 2009 class. At this point, I had told nobody I wanted to go to law school. I had a boyfriend, a long distance boyfriend at the time. I had told nobody I wanted to go to law school. I'd kind of been mentioning it. Um, and all of a sudden I have an invitation to go to law school. I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I'm going to go to law school. And I started telling people, and I remember telling some of my sisters and they were like, you know, that law school is really hard, right? And I was like, yeah, no shit. But I think that this is the thing I'm supposed to do. So that's how I ended up going to law school. Fast forward to my first year of law school. I am fucking drowning. Like law school is the compilation of all the smartest people in every college they went to. So imagine like all of the smartest people in any class you were ever in all in school together. It's like, and most of these people didn't just wake up like Elle Woods and say, I want to go to Harvard. Most of these people had spent their college careers like studying and wanting to go to law school. And then there was me. So I barely had an understanding of the American like judicial and legal system when I went to law school. So that first year, the fact that I didn't fail out is actually a miracle. And the fact that I made it through, like, I don't know how I did it. So my first year of law school, I said, I never want to practice law. I don't like to be in front of people. I don't like to speak in front of people, which is hilarious to say now. Um, I want to, you know, learn how to write and think like a lawyer, like those, you know, journalists who I aspire to be, but I want to be a journalist. So my first year of legal of, of law school, I had a legal writing class with the same professor all year, which is very odd. You usually switch professors and his name was professor Cohen. And I loved him from the time I met him. Like I just, he is this like strong, confident, handsome man who I immediately connected with and very quickly realized he was gay and he became my inappropriate gay best friend, law professor. And, you know, he also just became like my sounding board, my safety, as I navigated through law school, he was my person. I would sit for hours in his office and he would bring me snacks. And we just had the most beautiful friendship and relationship. So at the end of your first year of legal writing, you have to do an appellate level argument. And he brought in guest judges. And I did that argument. I felt so good about it. And afterwards he said, I know that you don't think you want to practice law, but you're a litigator you're really good at this. And ha having lived through that experience, I realized it felt good in my body to argue on my feet and to draw pieces of information together and, and make points and arguments. And I realized I liked it and I realized I was good at it. And so that kind of was the launching pad for me to be a litigator to be a trial attorney, I finally was getting affirmation about my brain and about how smart I was. And it felt so good to be good at something. Um, 
not that I hadn't been good at things before, but it felt so good to be recognized. I realize now I am an Enneagram three and recognition from people who I respect is really important. And I got that in the profession of law. And so I also, when I think back to that time, there was this gaping hole inside of me that just wanted to be filled up. And I thought that the job and the career was going to fill that for me. And so I went into practice and I got the best job I could have gotten, which was as a federal trial attorney right out of law school. And that meant I was in court. I was on my feet. I was coming up with arguments. I was just doing this like really active part of law that most young attorneys never get to do. And I learned so much. There is nothing like preparing for a trial. It was my first week of work. And my boss was like, you're going to try a case this week and you're going to lose because your defendant isn't going to show up. He's disappeared, but this is going to be the greatest experience for you to get your feet wet. And I remember preparing for that trial. I didn't sleep for three days. I literally couldn't eat. I was like pooping my pants. Like I was so scared and it, it taught me like those experiences, that first experience. So interesting going into something and knowing you're going to lose, but having to be prepared as if you were going to win. I had a lot of moments like that as a lawyer where I had to be so prepared. I had to understand all sides of the situation and it just trained my brain and shaped me in a way where I always joke now, like, give me a microphone and put me on stage and I'll talk to thousands of people if you need me to about anything. And I really mean it. And I wouldn't have this confidence and this ability to, to step into situations like I can, if not for those seven years of being an attorney. An interesting thing happened though. So I said, I thought that my fulfillment was going to come from practice and I'll never forget it. My first true trial where my defendant showed up and we won right before the jury announces the verdict. If you guys have seen it on TV or a real trial, there's a foreman appointed by the jury and the foreman stands up and says, we, the people of the jury have come to a conclusion we find, and they go through all the counts and they say guilty or not guilty, you know, or we find for the plaintiff or the defendant. Right. And so this case they found for my client and which means we won. And I had a feeling we were going to win. It was a really favorable case for us. And before that moment, I thought that that moment was going to fill me up with the greatest sense of fulfillment. And when they announced that we won, I just felt empty. And I remember thinking, wow, I thought this was going to feel better and it didn't. And I kept on my journey as a lawyer, but I remember that feeling. That feeling was jarring, but also I was like, I'm tired. I've been working my butt off. Like that's probably what it is. And every time I had these moments in my legal legal career moving forward where I was like, yes, this is going to be it. This is going to fill me up. It didn't. And so fast forward 
to probably five years into practice. I was in a new job. I was working for a private firm. I had a boyfriend that I had been with for about five years at that point. We lived together and I had everything I ever wanted. I thought I had a career that was going to take me to being a partner or a shareholder at a firm. I had this really handsome, loving boyfriend. We had a house together and I was working on cases that were great cases at work. And I remember, and I've shared this story many times. I had this massive panic attack in my office where I had to close the door. I put on a headspace meditation. I laid on the floor, arms cross, arms out like they were on a cross. I had my feet up on my chair because I was in a pencil skirt. And I remember like looking down, I was in a pencil skirt and a pair of Louboutins and I had a headspace meditation playing and I just laid there and cried. And I remember in that moment, hearing a voice that said, it doesn't have to be so hard. And I looked around my office and I looked at my life in that moment. And I remember saying like, well, what am I going to do? And I remember hearing the voice say, you have to fucking figure it out. Like, but you can figure it out. Like you're not trapped. You're not stuck here. And I take that as a nod from the universe and from the divine being like, yo, girl, it doesn't have to be like this. And it took me two years to leave practice, but I went on a journey after that of self-discovery, of finding things that made me happy, of really diving deep into my mindset and how I think and why I think the way I think. And starting to understand through this, the teachings of Joe Dispenza, he wrote the book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, that we are never stuck in who we are. We have the ability to change the way we think, to change the way we act, to change the way we show up. It's not easy. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort, just like any, anything we learn to do, but it's possible. And that launched me into this massive mindset self-help journey, which made me realize I didn't want to practice law anymore. And I didn't have to practice law anymore. And I didn't have to be in this job with a narcissistic, manipulative boss who every day was gaslighting all the people that worked for him. And just manipulation after manipulation after manipulation. I was like, wow. When I think back on it now, it's crazy how we were treated. It was crazy how I was treated as a woman in that practice. The things that were said to me, the way I was treated, the way I was used for my sexuality, the way I was used for my beauty. Um, it's interesting to, ref to reflect on it now being so far removed this many years, but I feel like the divine was like, we need you in a really toxic situation so you can hit a low, so you can get the fuck out and never want to go back. And honestly, thank you to my old boss because he was such a toxic narcissist that he did me so dirty in the end. Um, 
and I, I am thankful for that. I am thankful for that experience because I would not have the life I have now that I get to live, but for that experience. And so I realized at the end of my practice that I wanted to do something else with my life. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I had the ultimate faith and trust that these skills I had spent seven plus years honing, right? It was really a decade because I was in school for four years. It's 11 years. I spent 11 years honing my skills. Um, I knew that they were marketable. I knew I could figure out another way to use my skill set. And I also knew that I could live a life that was more soul fulfilling than the life I was living in practice. Um, I had this female attorney I worked with. Her name was Sharon. And I just loved her so much. I looked up to her. Um, she was married to an attorney. She was just the most wonderful human. She's so funny. And I would go to her office sometimes and pop in and she just, she was really kind to me. And um, I remember her talking, she was a partner. And I remember her saying that her son got off the bus at 3.30 every day and she had to have a nanny get him because she couldn't leave the office and work from home for two hours to get her son. And I remember hearing her say that thinking, huh that fucking sucks as a mom that you can't do that and that you've been in this place in this firm for so long and you don't have that autonomy to leave two hours early every day <laughs> and get your kid and that also I was like if I have babies I don't want to have that feeling I want to be there with my kids and be able to spend time with them when I want to so all of these different things from my spiritual awakening to just my awakening to my own potential and ability to create a business, to the lessons I learned through the experiences of my peers and mentors, I ultimately decided that it wasn't for me. Um, I've also learned something else about myself since I left practice. Being in the practice of law is very adversarial. Duh, no shit, Regina, I know. <laughs> That's probably what you're thinking. But when you are an adversary in a legal case, you don't just come home and turn it off. You don't just go from being uber masculine strategic to then walk in the front door, leave it with your car keys, and all of a sudden you're feminine, light, love. No, it's it's a habit of behavior that you get in to be really good as an attorney, as a female attorney. And I didn't love who I was I didn't love the lack of compassion and empathy I had because I was so fucking jaded by the things I saw. Um, I didn't love how I showed up for my partner in that time. Um, there's a lot of things about myself. I don't beat myself up about it. It was part of my journey and I learned a lot and I've tried to make amends for my actions during that time, but I didn't love the human that I was becoming. And I want to radically love the human that I am. I'm learning to do that, but it was really hard to do that as an attorney. And so this combination of everything has led me into this crazy life that I live now as a breath worker, a sound healer, um, the owner of a marketing agency, 
just a wild female, creative, strategic entrepreneur, I wouldn't be able to have the businesses I have and the success I have now, but for the, those experiences, like I would not be Regina. I would not think about life the way I think about life. I would not have the appreciation I have for my life now if I hadn't lived that life before. And so I'm really grateful. I say that from the truest place in my heart. I'm really grateful that I have been able to do that life, be that girl. And then I get to be this girl and it's really fucking cool. And so this brings me back to where I started, which is we get to choose who we are. We get to choose how we show up. We get to choose every step of the way. We don't have control over everything. We have control really over nothing, but we get to decide how we act, how we show up, how we engage with humans. And we get to take really scary action in our lives that is scary, might make you want to poop your pants. When I left practice as a lawyer, I was not standing in my power like I am now because it was the unknown and it was really scary. But my my little nudge for you is if you've been feeling something from the universe, if you've been feeling like there's a major shift that needs, needs to take place and it keeps showing up and it keeps showing up and it keeps showing up, don't ignore that nudge. Lean into it. Lean into the discomfort. Sit with it. And trust in that beautiful intuition that is seated inside of you. I'm so thankful that I listened to that. So with that, my sweet friends, that is my story of why I became a lawyer and then why I left a lawyer, left a lawyer, left being a lawyer. I hope you can find pieces of yourself in that story. Um, yeah, I love you guys. I hope you have the most beautiful day and I'll see you next time on the podcast. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you love this episode as much as I loved creating it, please, please, please rate and review on iTunes. We will be forever grateful at all the things podcasts. And if you found something inspiring or you know somebody who could benefit from it, please share this to your story, tag us, send it to a friend. So much love, friends. 